Hello and welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. My name is Daniel Sunny. I'm Director of Policy here for the Family Leader. With me is Chuck Hurley, Vice President and Chief Counsel. Chuck, we just finished week three of the legislative session, and we didn't get snowed out, we didn't get frozen out, but we did have a couple important subcommittees. And the first thing that comes to mind, Chuck, when I think of this legislative session is parental choice in education. Where are we at? What happened this week on parental choice and education? Well, it's interesting, Daniel and listeners, that this week was National School Choice Week. And there was a big event at the Capitol um, yesterday that I had the privilege of uh, attending and getting to visit face-to-face for several minutes with our governor, who is passionate about school choice. Um, And then also talked with numerous legislators, some who were on the fence, some who are very passionate, like the governor is. And then we also had the opportunity to attend the first formal legislative action, which was a subcommittee meeting where you testified. And I think you could share with the listeners uh, our position and what you testified on, and then we'll come back, wrap up a little bit on school choice, and then on to some other important subcommittees. So so we had our our, the first subcommittee on, uh, on what the governor's calling student first scholarships, what in this bill... Um, SF-128 was called Educational Savings Accounts, which is a proposal that would allow parents to use money um, that would be sent to a public school if their child was going there um, to be spent in the school on the, on the education of their choice. Yes. Um, so the bill we testified on, on Wednesday, um, sponsored by Senator Carlin, um, was a, a little more limited than we would like to see. Um, it had a gradual phase-in period of about 12 years, um, and it didn't apply to homeschooling. But it was a good start to the program, so we were, we were pleased to testify in favor of it, and we were pleased that it passed through the subcommittee. Um, but uh, even as we're, spe- and we're very pleased that this began the legislative conversation. Um, but there is another bill coming, Chuck. Yes. And- the, the governor has been working on her own bill. She told me yesterday that she has visited over the last nine or ten months with several concerned legislators who would not support her bill last year and she's trying to work with them. Uh, some of you know the old saying, you don't want to watch sausage or legislation being made. It's kind of a sloppy, messy process. Uh, it's going to be difficult to get to 51 yeses in the House on any school choice proposal because some want more school choice, some want less, and meeting in the middle is just going to be difficult. But Uh, This week's subcommittee meeting where you testified was a great first start. We expect the governor's bill to come out today or Monday or right away. It's it's been drafted and just they're just fine-tuning it. And that's when the intense conversation will start. It'll go into some powerful education committees on the House and Senate side. And uh, this could play out all the way till April. This is going to be a real tough one. We need you to speak up, frankly. If you think that Parents should have uh, more options, uh, like I do. You're probably going to need to speak up. And if you want to sign up for our text alerts, we can let you know when the key vote or vote is happening. And, and, and those links will be in the description of this video or above, a direction or the, one direction or the other. Yes. And, and it's so critical that the legislators hear from you because last year they mainly heard from the teachers' union. And it spooked some of the legislators. And the parents didn't have as big a stake in it last year as we think they will this year. There weren't as many egregious examples of 
parental outrage last year as there are this year. So we're getting close. Uh, the atmosphere yesterday when I talked to the governor and other key legislators is this is winnable, but it'll be close. Well, Chuck, we also had some bad news this week, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm thinking specifically on gambling expansion bills. What, mm-hmm. what can you share about that? Uh, pretty much every year that I've been at the Capitol, 31 years now, the gambling interests want more and more and more of people's money. It's a very lucrative industry. One of my best friends, Christian Mann, told me 20-some years ago when I was in the legislature that essentially gambling is a tax on stupidity. It's, it's people who think they can get rich quick. It's people who think they can beat the House. The House folks pretty much always wins. It's more likely you'll get struck by lightning than that you'll win at gambling. So it's a fraud. Uh, it preys on people's weakness. It creates dependency and addiction. It leads to embezzlement, suicide, divorce. It's a bad thing, but because there's so much money in it, it just continues. The, the, the waves keep crashing up against the shore. And so that's happened again. There's an effort to expand uh, gambling to more and more online opportunities to people's cell phones to get ri- richer or actually poorer quicker. And so we're going to be trying to share how this is not a good thing for Iowans. And specifically, there was a bill that was filed this week that would allow casino games to be played on mobile devices and, and computers. Uh, and that bill now has a subcommittee on Wednesday. So uh, we will be there to testify in opposition. Um, please contact your legislator if you, if you haven't and you're passionate about this issue and, and let them know that uh, gambling expansion is not something you want to see out of the session this year. Uh, one other quick thing on gambling, Daniel. If any of you listening know of people who have been harmed by gambling, please, and they're willing to speak up, even anonymously, give their story if, if they've been through a divorce or suicide or whatever, there's been a problem. If you'd let us know that, we need to speak on behalf of those who are victimized. Because when these hearings happen, like next Wednesday, these people in literally $1,000 or $2,000 suits who work for the gambling interests all show up and they all say flowery nice things. But the victims aren't there in the room. We need to represent those people in that room. That's an excellent point, Chuck. Um, There is, though, some good news this week as well. Mm -hmm. We had an important subcommittee on a South Dakota church freedom bill. Um, Chuck, could you tell us a little bit about that bill? Yeah, this is a really uh, good, important, and for me, fun bill. As we saw COVID restrictions roll out across the country in the last two years, we did see some pretty egregious examples where churches were treated more poorly than restaurants or more poorly than casinos or more poorly than movie theaters or or other businesses. And that thankfully didn't happen in Iowa because we have such a great governor and she treated churches just fine. But Governor Reynolds will not be governor forever. And so while we have this, uh, these egregious examples from other states, we'd like to make sure that future governors or mayors or others can't treat churches worse than they treat other businesses or, or interests. And kind of the meat of, of this bill is a, a compelling interest test, um, which is essentially it's the highest standard that courts use when they're evaluating a fundamental right. 
And so what this bill does is it says when, when a court is evaluating a fundamental right, a, a fundamental constitutional right, the right to freedom of religion and freedom uh, of worship, um, they have to use the highest standard possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if the government can't prove that they have a really, really good reason and that they're, um, they're going about their process in the least restrictive way possible, mm-hmm. um, then the court is obligated under this law to strike down that government action only applies to government actions. Yeah. And and keep it fair. Between, yes. They they can't treat religion worse. And yes. so it's it's really fundamental yeah. fairness. 31 other states have mm-hmm. this standard. Um, the federal government on federal laws has this standard, but for some reason I was one of 19 states that hasn't created that fundamental fairness. Yes. So thank you all for listening this week. Um, This video that you're watching right now is also coming out as an audio podcast. Those are released uh, every Monday. So you can find the link to that also, either above or below, wherever our descriptions are. And uh, appreciate your listening. Look forward to keeping you up to date on what's happening here in Iowa and under the Golden Dome. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.